Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 146 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Got a shorter show for everybody today, but a good one nevertheless. Got a good interview with American Raptors Center Zach Hall coming up here in a little bit. But before we get to the interview portion of the show, we're going to start the show off the same way we do every week. That's by jumping into the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. Starting off with the American Raptors, uh, they wrapped up their last match of the Challenge Cup of the Americas, which was the season finale for the spring season. Uh, two Saturdays ago, fell to Pena Roll. I think the score was 26 to 10. Um, played better, unfortunately played a man down, I think for 70 minutes of the game. I think there was two yellows and then a red um, back to back to back. So they were playing a man down for a majority of the game. They scored first, ultimately weren't able to hang on to the lead um, and then playing a man down, just couldn't claw their way back into it. But they, they tried, showed a lot of good heart, um, played some tough defense. Uh, just ultimately wasn't enough, but I think overall good learning experience for them. Uh, didn't win, didn't beat either Jaguares or Peñarol, so they went 0-2 in the tournament. But it's all about testing yourself up against the best competition you can, seeing how where you stand, how you stack up against you know the top competition from South America. Quite honestly, um, I know a lot of people were oh, but Peñarol only had they only, they had a bunch of teenagers on their team. Yes, correct. Um, but, but you know, ultimately you're still playing against guys that have played rugby their entire life compared to these players who, you know, a few of them have been playing rugby their entire life, but majority of them have been playing rugby for the last two seasons at most. Um, so good test, good to, good to see how they stack up, good to see what they still have to work on moving into the fall. Um, and it was fun to watch, honestly. It was fun to see, you know, Haguaris. I know nobody really gave him a run for their money. Uh, but it's fun to see, you know, that ty- that style of rugby up close and personal. It's fun to see it in real life. Uh, it's cool to see how good they really are at rugby. Um, so I think overall is a success. Looking forward to seeing, you know, how this evolves moving into the future because this sounds like something that will be happening, you know, consistently moving forward. Um, but I think, you know, if you're looking back at it, it's hard to say it's anything but a success. Um, but it's good to see how the Raptors stack up against, you know, some some tough competition. So hopefully you tuned in. Hopefully you enjoyed it. 
I know I certainly did. Uh, it was much cooler on day two than it was on day one, which was always nice. Um, and that's kind of what's going on with the American Raptors. So they broke for the summer. I thought it was going to be nice and quiet until um, I think they report back at the end of August. Uh, but they have a trip to Canada on the books for the week of July 12th. They'll be in Calgary for two matches. Should be a good way to break up the summer. Um, will not be at that one. Got some plans going on that, that week. Uh, so we'll be letting you know, obviously, anything I hear from that weekend um, should be a good experience for them. Let's go ahead and move into the Major League Rugby portion of the breakdown. Uh, rugby United New York defeated the Seattle Seawolves 30-15 to last Saturday to claim their first Major League Rugby Championship shield. It was kind of a tongue twister. Broadcast looked great. It was on Fox uh, 1331, wherever, you know, whatever your station is. 31 for me. I thought Down did a great job on the call. The problem was that not as many people watched it as they have in years past. So uh, Major League Rugby Championship final on Fox scored a 0.16 rating. That doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sure there's some TV people out there that know what that means. Uh, but they broke it down. That's 281,000 viewers. Um, unfortunately, that sounds that still sounds like a lot to me. It's quarter million people watching rugby on a Saturday morning. I think that's really cool. Um, the problem is that's down 41% from last year. There were 478,000 viewers in 2021. And there's a couple of reasons why that happened. So um, first, I guess, before I get into that, Rugby Morning rounded up the ratings from around the same time on Saturday, you know, around noon, 1 p.m. Eastern. It was 10 a.m. Mountain Time for, for us Colorado folks. And you think, you know, Seattle is playing in this match. That's a 9 a.m. start for them. So the people are literally eating breakfast around while the game's happening. Um, but but like I said, Rugby Morning rounded up the ratings from the, around the same time on Saturday. Around that time, the ladies' PGA event on NBC scored a .49. Uh, the PGA event on the Golf Channel scored a .44. Big Three Basketball on CBS scored a .31. NASCAR Cup Qualifying Series in Nashville scored a .28. Um, and Major League Baseball scored a .23 on MLB Network. So Major League Rugby lower than all of those, obviously. Um, all of those are also more established sports in the United States. Some of those are on some premium channels, so they're not available to everybody else, which is not a good sign, considering this one was on just basic Fox, regular Fox. But there could be a couple of different reasons behind you know that drop in viewership. First one, like I already talked about a little bit, that's very early in the morning. You know, for anything, I know I saw people saying it was in New York City or New Jersey, whatever, the the, the, the tri-state area. That was also the, the big pride parade was going on in New York at the same time. So there's obviously some people going to be preoccupied with that, you know, attending that rather than watching rugby on TV. You know, you have people playing rugby across the country at that time, right, early in the morning, in the middle of the day. There's a lot of sevens and stuff going on. Um, the other thing, the world opened back up. There, you know, we look back to 2021, there's still a lot of restrictions in place, more people just sitting down watching TV. That match last year was also later in the day. It was also on a Sunday, which people usually keep more clear than their Saturdays. I know that's the case for me. And to be quite honest, I don't even know if I could have caught it live um, on Saturday if I wasn't feeling, you know, great. I was under the weather, feeling kind of sick Saturday morning. So it's a perfect time for me to lay on the couch and watch some rugby. And like I said, I thought it looked great. Thought it sounded great. It was very professional. 
Um, the game was pretty entertaining. Seattle was was trying to battle their way back in it throughout the entire time. But you know, if it, if I wasn't feeling sick, maybe I had errands to run or chores to do, or you know, I had to work in the garage, something else. Like I could have found something to do uh, because that is early on a Saturday morning, and and that's you know, for me, that's when you got to get stuff done. Sometimes so I don't always have you know time on Sunday. Usually Sunday, I spend time with my family. Um, you know, big dinner Sunday night usually. Uh, so my Sundays are full, but, but uh, you know, a lot of people keep their Sundays clear to, to do stuff like that, so they get all their stuff done on Saturday. So a lot of different things that could have happened. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that, that it's regressed a little bit, but you have to take into consideration everything that was, got you know, going on. Um, and, and hopefully next year if they get another opportunity, it, it goes back up, kind of rises back to where it was before and hopefully surpasses it. So uh, if you watched it, let me know what you think of the game. I thought it was pretty good, like I said. Good to see uh, a shield go back east. There's never been a, a shield winner from the east, obviously, uh, with Seattle winning the first two and then there not being a championship in 2020 and then L.A. winning in 2021, uh, which is another thing, you know, you've got to take into consideration. Maybe people are upset. You know, people from Austin, L.A., they're not going to tune in because their teams were eliminated and they, you know, had a good chance of making it to the final. So that's another thing you have to take into consideration. Um, so just some news about the Major League Rugby final I wanted to touch on. Obviously, if you you know if you've been paying attention to rugby, you've seen that floating around a little bit on the internet these last couple of days as the ratings have come in. So it's going to be a hot topic of discussion. Um, and now we get ready for a very interesting MLR offseason. Obviously, with the resolution of you know LA and Austin, their disqualification. It sounds like it's in court now, and so that's going to make a for an interesting summer as that gets resolved and all that news starts to spell out. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be an interesting offseason. It's going to be a long offseason. We've got the MLR draft coming up soon. I've been they've been doing you know a good job putting the people, the draftees, you know, in the website. I've been looking for a Colorado guy. So if you know one, let me know. I'd love to get him on the show, uh, like we did last year with Zach Bostres, who got drafted to the New England Free Jacks. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm here for it, but but for now, I'm going to be honest. I'm looking forward to you know things cooling down a little bit. Um, and that's that's reflected in all the rugby you can watch this weekend, which is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, creams, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oils and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. Uh, so I must say my mom rolled her ankle a couple weeks ago on uh, Wintergreen Rugby. Had a bunch of product, obviously, that they, that they sent over uh, a few months ago, right around Christmas time. Uh, and that's helped my mom's ankle get a lot better, which I'm very thankful for that. She's moving around a lot better. So shout out to Wintergreen. If you're sore, if you're aching, uh, make sure to you know use some Wintergreen product on it. You'll get back to normal here in a week or two. Moving into all the rugby you can watch this weekend now. Uh, there's a lot of rugby you can watch. I will preface this segment by saying that uh, Flow Sports is jam-packed. you got women's, men's, internationals all throughout the weekend. I'm really going to only touch on the two that have a you know, direct impact to USA right now, um, and that's the French Barbarians you know, against the USA men's 15s team uh, Friday at 6.30 p.m. at Aviva Stadium in Houston, Texas. You can catch that on Flow Rugby. This is USA's opportunity to get tuned up before they you know, have two big Rugby World Cup qualifiers against Chile. Over the next couple of weeks, second one um, winds up at Infinity Park on July 16th. 
Um, that's going to be a super important game regardless of what happens in the first one because that means they either have a chance to crawl out of their point deficit that they found themselves in or they have a chance to pad their stats. Uh, you know, if they lose and they lose by a, a big enough number, you know, they're out. So uh, good chance for – it's going to be an important game. I'm glad it's right in our backyard. Unfortunately, we'll not be in town for that. Got some stuff going on that weekend. Um, but I will, of course, be paying attention. So I'm excited for that. And this is their chance to really get tuned up for this big series. Um, and so I'm going to be tuning in on Friday night. I highly recommend that you do as well. And then second thing I want to talk about is the Collegiate Rugby Shield, which is on Saturday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time on Fox Sports 1. It's going to be taking place over in Utah, Zion Bank Real Academy, whatever it's called, in Harriman, Utah, where the Warriors play. Beautiful venue. If you haven't made it out there, I highly suggest that you do at some point to catch a rugby game. Always a lot of people. They were boasting about having the highest, you know, average attendance. Um, and I've been there twice now, and I can vouch for them. It's a, it's a great venue, great environment. Love watching rugby there. It's beautiful. Mountains in the background. Uh, love going out there to Harriman, Utah, watch Warriors play. So, uh, Collegiate Rugby Shield. This is like a, this is like a Senior Bowl, the, the Senior Bowl in, in college football. You know, the, the best rugby players that have graduated college in the United States come together. They play a match. This is the first time it's ever going to happen. This is the first year it's ever existed. So I'm excited to check that out as well. Uh, so like I said, tune in Fox Sports 1 Saturday at 5 p.m. And as I mentioned at the top of the segment, there's a lot more rugby on Flow Sports throughout the course of the weekend. So if you're looking for something else to watch, looking, you know, something to do, tune in to Flow Sports. And, and I promise you have a match on to watch. Um, and, and the good thing about Flow Sports, I know a lot of people hate it, um, but you have the chance to go back and watch replays as well. So moving into every portion of the show, this interview with American Raptors center Zach Hall is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouthguard revolution with American-made mouthguards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. Great conversation with Zach. Zach's a guy, I, I say it at the top of the interview, so it's going to sound like I'm repeating myself, but Zach's a guy I've wanted to talk to for quite a while now. Um, one of the best athletes on this American Raptors team. He's like, this is like, he's a perfect carbon copy of what the American Raptors want for this program. Uh, one of the best linebackers ever at Southeastern Missouri State. Uh, just a great athlete. He should be in the NFL. I've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, you know, if COVID didn't happen at the time that it did, you have a very realistic possibility of seeing Zach Hall in an NFL roster. Um, but this is kind of what it's for. For guys that went to a smaller school, maybe they didn't get noticed. Um, they have the ability to play at the next level. But like COVID, you know, COVID wreaked havoc on college sports across the board. A lot of college athletes got screwed out of an opportunity because of COVID. Uh, the, this is what it's for. This is for, you know, you can keep playing sports. You can keep using your athletic ability, um, play rugby. And Zach's taken the opportunity uh, and he's run with it. And he looks great and he's been playing awesome rugby these last two seasons since he's been involved. Um, so I really enjoyed this conversation with Zach Hall and I hope you do too. So without rambling on too much more, Please enjoy this conversation with American Raptors Center Zach Hall. All right, now welcome on to the show. Very special guest. We got American Raptors Center Zach Hall. Zach, how's it going, man? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Thanks for taking some time to come chat with me. Uh, you're somebody I want to have on the show for a while now. And finally, you know, we're in the off season. You have a little bit more time. Uh, so I'm happy to get you on, Zach. The first question I ask everybody that comes on the show is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Very nice. I've heard. I've never been to Louisville. Um, I've heard good things. I've, I've heard. Like, I think like people have like a misconception of Louisville. It's a pretty big city, right? 
Uh, yeah, actually, there are cities in Kentucky, believe <laughs> it or not. Uh, yeah. But no, I enjoy going back, and I enjoy everything about, you know, where I'm from. Very nice. Uh, Zach, so the first question I want to ask you, real question, I suppose, is can you just tell me a little bit about your football career? Uh, because I don't think people realize, you know, if they're maybe new to, to this team or just kind of getting into rugby, just how good you were at football. And I have a, a bunch of stats here. Um, I could read it. looked like you had 406 total tackles when you were all said and done uh, at Southeastern Missouri. Six picks, eight forced fumbles, uh, 2018 Buck Buchanan Award, eight different All-American teams one year, national defensive player. It goes on and on and on. I always use you as an example of the type of, of athlete and the caliber of athlete that's on this team and what this kind of program is built for. So you can just kind of tell us a little bit about how you ended up at Southeast Missouri and just your football career in general. Uh, yeah, so uh, coming out of high school, uh, I was in a pretty successful program. Uh, my senior year, we went 15-0. and We won the uh, state championship. We were we finished the season top 10 in the country, actually, and uh, didn't really get much college interest, believe it or not, coming out of high school. Uh, didn't really have the best grades, but um, I really never felt like it was a talent thing. It was just, you know, I set myself back. Uh, when I was younger, but uh, so I had three offers. I had a NAIA offer. Um, I had a division two offer and I had one division one offer from Southeast Missouri state and uh, kind of just really wanted to take that leap of faith and trust in myself and my abilities and, you know, chose the division one offer. Um, career started out pretty well. Uh, got to play a lot in my freshman season. Uh, by my sophomore year, I was a starter, full-time starter. Uh, ended up making second-team all-conference that year. Um, moving on to junior year, when things really switched on and really found my groove. Um, won Buck Buchanan Award, uh, which is the National Defense Player of the Year Award for FCS level. Um, also that year, um, had a lot of team success. Um, the first two years prior, we were three and eight. And then uh, my junior year, we ended up going, I think, I want to say nine and three mm-hmm. or 10 and three and uh, made it to the playoffs, made it to the FCS playoffs. Uh, that was a really cool experience. Um, and then senior year, you know, had a really pretty productive season. Uh, not as product- productive as my junior year, of course, but uh, still a lot of team success. Uh, we actually won conference that year and uh, we made it to the playoffs again. So it was a cool experience to see the program change and uh, be a part of that change that, you know, everybody wanted from losing to, to a winning season and actual accolades and success and stuff like that. That's awesome, man. Were you always a, a defensive first guy or did you, did you play a little offense in high school too? Um, yeah, I've always been my whole life I've been a defensive guy um I played a little bit of offense in high school and you know when I was younger I played fullback quite a bit so I'm used to really blocking for people yeah uh, but didn't really get a chance to have a, the ball in my hands much but when I did I enjoyed it and you know I tried to make the most of it very nice and can you kind of explain what happened after college for you too because I mean just based on your productivity and, and your team success like you said um, it sounds like, you know, you're a guy that should have, you know, had a shot to go play at the next level. Um, and I know there was a couple opportunities on the table, but I just kind of wanted to give you the floor if you wanted to kind of tell, you know, what happened after you left college. 
Yeah, so uh, got done with college and went to Nashville to train uh, for combine training and pro day training and stuff like that. Uh, I had some pretty good numbers. Well, my numbers started out pretty poor, uh, you know, just learning new things and developing a whole new mindset and a whole new um, really workout plan, diet plan, um, just really taking care of myself more. And, you know, I could tell during that time my body changed a lot and I became a lot more athletic and a lot stronger in a very short time. Uh, yeah, I had pro day, I'm going to say like March 13th. And that was like the big day where COVID really um, changed the world, honestly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams pulled their scouts off the road. Um, I was lucky enough to actually have my pro day and it not get canceled. Mm. But majority of the teams that were going to show up didn't because of the virus and, you know, just the panic that it caused whenever it first was starting up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, had one team show up the pro day, Baltimore Ravens. And that was really uh, the only team that I really heard from quite a bit in that whole process and uh, just never really got my opportunity to, you know, showcase what I could do at the next level. But, you know, that's life. So, yeah. So then how did the opportunity with the Raptors come about? Um, so I'd heard from the Raptors quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Once I got through playing, um, kind of shrugged it off at first. Wasn't, you know, had my mind set on the big picture and, you know, the dreams that I was trying to chase. But, um, you know, once things settled down and I kind of got, you know, not really much, much movement or any opportunity. And so I was trying to think out of the box and see what was next. And, you know, I trained so hard to change my body and really, I, I knew that I've always been a pretty good athlete, um, you know, and Peter hit me up again, uh, probably the second or third time in contact with me. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was ready for something new, mm -hmm. uh, ready to try something that was different and something that I never really knew much about. Yeah. So, uh, came out here for a workout and got signed and the rest is history. Very nice. So you did, did you know anything about the sport at all when he reached out to you those first couple of times? Um, I knew a little bit about it. I knew that it was pretty much football without pads. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that I really knew. Uh, it's a physical game. Uh, I knew that there was tackling involved and also, you know, running the ball. So that kind of intrigued me. I've always been a defensive guy, but, uh, you know, being able to have the ball in your hands kind of makes you feel a little bit more important. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that really intrigued me, and that uh, kind of really got me to take that leap of faith and come out here and see how see how it is. Very nice. So, um, have you enjoyed it? I guess. I mean, you're you're still here. I know you showed up. I think what, in the summer last year, or right before the fall, um, and you yeah. stuck around for these last two seasons. So you must be liking it a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's uh, I've learned so much in this short amount of time. Uh, I've learned a lot of new skills, just life lessons, a lot of new teammates, and just life experiences. Uh, yeah, it's really shown me a lot. It's got, I've gotten a chance to see the world, you know. Got to go to uh, Uruguay mm -hmm. last fall, which was a, a great experience, and 
you know, never thought I would be down there for any reason whatsoever. So yeah. it really just opened a lot of doors and opened my eyes to what else was out there. Yeah, no, I, that's a that's a great answer. I'm in the same boat when that opportunity came up too. I had never even, you know, considered going to South America before that, so that was cool to see. Had you been out of the country before? No, that was my first time actually. Oh yeah. That's a good trip then. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> One to remember for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh what's been the hardest part about the transition for you, if there has been one? Uh, I would say the hardest part is the conditioning and the fitness level that's required to to play a full 80-minute game and still compete at a high level and the level that I want to compete at. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot about myself throughout, you know, the training and just the hardships that come with getting fit and getting to that level of conditioning where you can be um, – an active player and, and have positive involvements through the whole 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say the conditioning and just the fitness level part would be the hardest thing for me. Yeah. I like asking, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of, you know, other guys, Chase, uh, Jalen Robinson last year, obviously, and they've talked about, you know, coming from offensive defensive lineman positions, their bodies have changed so much. And I know uh-huh. you're coming from a linebacker position that's, um, I'm sure your body has changed a little bit, right? It's it's not as drastic as, you know, somebody playing offensive tackle and then, you know, playing prop. But has your body changed at all? Yeah, it's changed uh, quite a bit. I'm getting slimmer, uh, believe it or not, losing weight, um, trying to keep my weight on. But, you know, there's so much fitness involved and running and stuff like that. So it's 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 a, it's a battle to keep, keep my weight up. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, but, I'm you know, I don't mind getting a little slimmer, but. Yeah. Also, like to try to keep that big, bigger physique. Yeah, you know, no, that makes play. sense. Especially with these uh, these long seasons, you need a little bit of extra, you know, padding on there. I would imagine. Um, yeah, that definitely helps. Yeah, I know. I think I remember last year Peter talking something about how you had an opportunity to go back and coach. Is that correct? Yes, uh, I got an opportunity to coach, be a position coach of linebackers at my alma mater, uh-huh. Southeast Missouri State. Was that a tough decision to, I mean, keep playing rugby or because that seems that sounds like an awesome opportunity, especially if that's something you're interested in, you know, down the line. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I'm so young and, you know, at 24 being making that transition to being a full time coach. You know, I felt like I was kind of I, I would kind of limit myself. Um, you know, I had worked so hard and I'd always wanted to, you know, use the talents and the abilities that God gave me. And so that really just made me think about, you know, what my purpose was and what I wanted to get out of this and, and stuff like that. Um, it was hard to say no to that opportunity. Yeah. You know, going back to somewhere where I know that I'm loved and appreciated and, you know, with former coaches and stuff like that. But uh, at the time, it, I just didn't feel like it was right or it was in my heart to, you know, give up on any other aspirations that I had for something that I could potentially go back and do when I'm a little older and, yeah. you know, life settles down a little bit more. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense to me. Do do the things you can while you can do them. So, uh, right. and like you said, coaching will be there if that's something you're interested in down the line. Uh, just kind of curious, Zach, have you had any other opportunities kind of pop up since you've been, you know, with the Raptors? I know you saw Mo Vanicolo make the jump to USFL. 
couple of months ago. There's been a couple other guys that have, you know, pursued different opportunities after training with the Raptors. Has mm-hmm. anything come across your plate since you've been here? Um, this summer, actually in a few weeks here, I'll be going to Mobile, Alabama to play in a football league. That's its first year uprising. It's called Major League Football, um, MLFB. And uh, really just received that opportunity from uh, – I played in the spring league prior to joining the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have the same coaching staff. That coaching staff that was in the spring league, they are transitioning over to this new league. And uh, they gave me a call and uh, wanted me to report out there for the summer um, for about two months. Our season's only like four games, four to five games. And so, uh, yeah, that's one opportunity I'm on now. Um, I'll be back in the fall to finish out the rugby season. But, yeah, that's all that I've really uh, received so far. That's exciting, man. When uh, when does that get going? Uh, the games start in August. I think the first or second week of August the games start. Uh-huh. Uh, I report for training camp uh, July 14th, so – Looking forward to getting back to football. Yeah, I'm interested to see just you know how the game changes for me, having this new perspective and this new uh, level of conditioning and fitness, and you know I'm interested to see how all that pans out. Uh, I'm excited to get back to the X's and O's of football and just you know the mind game and you know the chess game of that. Yeah. Uh, but you know I feel like I'm gonna miss rugby. Uh, yeah. You know it's fun to me learning a new skill, you know, being able to kick the ball, pass the ball, just being a ball player. Uh, that's one really aspect that I feel like I'm going to, going to miss in these next two months. I feel like you're going to have a whole, like the, your eyes are just going to be wide open now that you, when you get back to football, I feel like, you know, when I was in, in high school, I had, you know, played football forever, you know, played rugby my junior year and then was like, went back for my senior year and it just felt completely different. Like you, like you said, mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to be in way better shape you know, even just talking to guys like Michael Bandy, who, you know, part of the XOs and then made the jump to the yeah. Chargers last year. Like, I had the opportunity to talk to him after he went back to football and was like, I just, you know, I feel like these breaks are so nice, you know, in between plays, you have the opportunity to catch your breath. And <laughs> he was even talking yeah. about, you know, being a receiver, how much smaller a football felt to him. He's like, man, like, yeah. you get back there, the football feels so tiny, you know, compared to this rugby ball. And I think uh, you are already a, an otherworldly tackler. I think it's just going to take your game to the next level. So excited to, to see how you do in that. I didn't know about that. That's awesome. It's going to be fun to watch you play here in a couple, uh, couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple more questions, Zach, and then I'll let you go. Uh, do you, do you remember like the moment that you realized that that rugby was fun, where you kind of like got the bug? Maybe it was in a training or in a match, or make a tackle or you score your first try. Like, do you remember the moment that it kind of hit you that you enjoyed doing this? Um, I would say the Aspen tournament last season, last fall. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be in that sort of environment, and just to see, you know, all the people that brought together. To see all, I mean, there was like 60 year olds out there playing rugby, yeah. you yeah. know, like it just, it really just showed me that it was important and, uh, that like, you know, this is, this is a big deal to a lot of people. And, you know, just the more I'm around the game, the more I realize that it's, it's a world game, you know, yeah. it's, they don't play football everywhere, but I'm sure they play rugby in most places, you know? Right. And, uh, that was really when I was really having fun, uh, 
just learning the game. I think we played like five games in that tournament or something like that. Yeah. And I had a ball the whole time. It was a good environment. Uh, it was good, you know, by that time I kind of trusted my teammates and was a lot more familiar with them. And so things just seemed like they started to click right around that time. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me too. Like even the people around here that asked me about getting into rugby, that's that's a tournament I always recommend. Like if you can, you know, get a place in Aspen for that weekend because, like you said, yeah. it's a lot of rugby. It's a good environment. Like people are there to have a good time. It's still competitive. You mm -hmm. got good players, and you're in the, yeah. one of the most beautiful places in the world. So it's just like the perfect right. place to just get into it. The weather's always nice that weekend. It's like perfect yeah. fall weekend. That's that's a good one. I like that. Um, then the last one, Zach, I wanted to ask you is just uh, this is the first time I've had to talk to anybody after the, you know, that little SLAR tournament, Challenge Cup of the Americas. You know, obviously two tough oh. results for you guys, but, but what was that like? What was it like to play against, you know, some of the top competition in South America? And what does that teach you about, you know, yourself as a player and just you guys as a team? Uh, it was a really good experience for me. Um, I know that I had expectations of winning, of course. But I also knew that these guys were going to be the real deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew that it would be a challenge. Uh, but, you know, that was looking forward to it. But looking back on it, it was really a big learning moment and a big learning experience for myself and the team. Um, I feel like we got put in situations where, you know, we had to fight. And, you know, we had our backs against the wall for majority of some of those games. And, you know, we never stopped fighting. So I feel like. You know that's a good that's a good uh, meter for the team to show that you know just because we're down doesn't mean we're out. And mm -hmm. uh, I feel like we learned a lot just based upon style of play. Um, they played very fast, very quick. Skills were great, uh, very high level, and uh, also the kicking game. Mm -hmm. The kicking game was was really good. Um, they picked and choose you know the right times and the right places to. To try certain things and you know trust their teammates to to make the play if they put the ball in the air uh for myself i would say i learned a lot just you know that i can belong and that you know i can have an impact in the game whether i have the ball in my hands or not mm -hmm. um uh yeah it really just a learning experience overall um learned that i need to be more fit i need to be faster and my, I need to get my skills up. Um, so, you know, there's always a, a work in progress. And, right. you know, definitely gives me something to look forward to and to work on and be proactive and, you know, intentional in, in my training and in my thought process on, you know, how I can get better and take my game to the next level. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, just getting better, you know, testing yourself against the best competition you can. Um, and I think yeah. you guys did that. And Zach, it's been fun to watch you, man. It's been fun to watch you just progress. You know, you I've, like I said, I've read about you. I've heard of how good of a football player you were, and it's cool to see it translate. It's fun to see mm -hmm. you, you know, carry the ball a little bit too because uh, you got some yeah. skills there as well. So keep up the good work, man. I uh, wish you the best of luck as you pursue this opportunity, you know, this football opportunity you've got this summer, and it's going to be fun watching you. So thanks so much for your time, Zach. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on here. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with American Raptors center Zach Hall. Really appreciate Zach for taking the time out of his day to come chat with me. Sounds like he's got some exciting opportunities going on this summer. Uh, I'm excited to see how he, he plays football again now that he's been playing rugby for about a year. I do think it's going to make a world of difference. 
Um, and, and that would be really awesome if he was the next guy to, you know, make the leap back to a football opportunity if one arises and he takes it. Uh, so big shout out to Zach. Uh, let's go ahead and move into the required reading portion of the show. Gilbert Rugby's official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert Rugby gear. So this required reading is going to be this piece on Zach Hall. Uh, I know I saw it floating around last fall. Wanted to make sure I included it in this podcast and the article that houses this podcast in the description of this podcast. This piece is entitled Q&A, former SEMO linebacker Zach Hall transitions to pro rugby, written by Ryan Collingwood on SEMOball.com. Just to kind of show how good Zach Hall was at football, because I keep saying it, I've said it on this podcast before, obviously Zach talked a little bit about it in this interview, um, but I want people to understand, like he, again, he is a guy that should be, you know, playing football at the next level. If if things had gone better, if COVID didn't happen, if he had other opportunity, showcase his skills, I truly believe he would be a guy that would be playing at the next level. Uh, so wanted to make sure I talked about that, but um, just it's just also another opportunity to get to know Zach a little bit more. Uh, good guy, enjoy watching him play rugby, good football player. Um, so I want to make sure I included that. Again, is in the article that houses his podcast as well, the podcast description. So just scroll down. Um, it'll be there. I'll hyperlink it. So check that out. All right, now let's move into the stat of the week. Stat of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps per- monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. I don't know how thrilled Catapult's going to be about the stat that I just pulled out, but since American Raptors are on you know, this summer break, I'm going to have to get creative with this category. Um, and, and being that it's 4th of July weekend, I thought it was very fitting to, to talk about hot dogs. If you know me, I love hot dogs. Eat a hot dog at least once a week with my friend Jason. Go on over to Mustard's not far from Infinity Park. Ran into to two-time Super Bowl head coach Mike Shanahan there last November. It's a great time. Love hot dogs. Love talking about hot dogs. Uh, so that's why I'm going to talk about hot dogs on the stat of the week. Uh, so this is uh, a fun stat I saw on the internet. Uh, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. What a council. I need to be on that council. If no, anybody knows anybody on that council, please get me involved. Uh, but the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council estimates that a whopping 150 million hot dogs are consumed on the 4th of July alone. That is enough hot dogs to stretch across the country from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles more than five times. That's a whole bunch of hot dogs. And I know I will contribute to that number this year. Um, I'll put a good two to three hot dog den in that number. So everybody else pick up the slack together. We can consume that 150 million hot dogs. Uh, I wonder if the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council ever has to be held, you know, responsible for these numbers that they throw out. I feel like they can just say anything and we'll believe it because that's kind of what I'm doing right now. But I'm never going to go back and fact check. And I don't even know how you would do that. So um Need to need to get somebody from the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council on the show, maybe next year, or if there's like a National Hot Dog Day or something coming up, uh, I will do that. So that's the stat of the week. Again, not sure Catapult, which you know monitors performance like the pros, and, and they want to help you know elite athletes and amateur rugby players and all that good stuff. Wants me talking this much about hot dogs, but we can we can make the argument that Joey Chestnut, the greatest eater of hot dogs in the history of the world, you know, is a professional and he is an elite athlete putting down all that food. Uh, so that's the stat of the week. Go ahead and close the show at the loop. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. 
Banking for Good, member FDIC. Again, if you're not following along yet, what are you doing? Follow along with everything we've got going on at DNVR Rugby on Twitter, at DNVR underscore Rugby and at Colton Strickler. Um, Got a fun thing I've been working on. I I teased it a couple of weeks ago, but I had an awesome conversation with Sean Clark while he was in town uh, just about the last year of his life, you know, playing rugby at all these different places and and just kind of discovering the sport and the, you know, the the culture and uh, what's next for him. And I've been working on that. I've put together a cool piece already. I'm just kind of trying to get the rest of it put together. So expect that in the next week or so. Keep your eyes peeled for that. The first place you will see it is on Twitter. You guessed it. So follow along if you're not, if you haven't. Getting really close to a thousand followers, which would be cool to hit here. You know, in the next month or two, I think we're 130 away. So if you wouldn't mind, tell your friends follow along. Help me get that number. Would really appreciate it. That's the show for this week. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Zach Hall. Hope you enjoyed me talking about hot dogs. Hope you enjoy some rugby this weekend and you have a happy and safe 4th of July. That does it for me, everybody. I'll catch you all back here next week.